This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. Hi, folks. Thanks so much for joining us on Mindful Medicine today. I have got a hot button topic to discuss today. We are going to be talking about the manufacturing and marketing of medical marijuana. How is that for alliteration? Um, it's really, I, I, I tell you, this is, um, it really is a hot uh, button issue. It is controversial at times, and it's, I think, also very confusing. I have patients that I constantly am educating on the difference. Um, I mean, you know, I, as an naturopathic doctor, know a lot about plant medicine, so botanical medicine. And these are lovely plants. They're very medicinal. Um, but I think the stigma is still there when it comes to the medicinal aspects of marijuana. But today on the show, I've got a great guest, and we're going to be covering all sorts of things like what med- medicinal products are derived from cannabis, uh, how they are being manufactured and marketed, how effective are they? So that's a big thing that we can sort of hopefully open some minds out there. So the case studies and how accessible these products are nationally. Uh, who I have here with us to discuss all of this is Bob Seelan. He is the co-founder of the National Cannabis Industry Association and worked closely with the city of Los Angeles right here at the UFCW Local 770 to author and implement Proposition D. We're going to be talking about what that is. He also has arranged and structured numerous mergers and acquisitions and other transactions across the medical marijuana sector and was the CEO and co-founder of Kush Magazine and organizer of Kush Khan, as well as other key industry events. Bob, thanks so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You sound like the perfect person to help us break down all things uh, medicinal marijuana. Well, I am, I'm not a doctor, but I've been around the space for a long time, and I've watched the evolution from, you know, literally people growing plants in their backyards when I was a teenager and a kid to now a highly regulated, regulated and commercial industry. Right. You say you're not a doctor. You actually are an attorney, aren't you? I am an attorney, yes. And you work closely um, in this business and in this industry with your wife, who also is an attorney, Correct. Correct. My wife is Lisa Seelan. We actually met in law school 30-whatever years ago, 1977, and uh, she is my partner in our law practice, and we specialize as clients and regulatory and business lawyers in the uh, cannabis space. In the cannabis space. So just can you bring myself and the listeners up to date on everything medicinal marijuana or the cannabis side of things. I know, like I said, there's a tremendous amount of confusion. I think it still has the stigma that this is a drug. Um, But will you just do that for us? Well, sure. I mean, what has happened now with the laws being passed in, you know, 2016 and now being going into effect January 1st, 2018, is we have a bi-level or a dual licensing structure in California where, um, you can be a patient still and go to your doctor and get a doctor's recommendation um, for a cannabis. And sure. that, with that, there are reasons for doing that because you could save money, you could save sales tax. You know, it is treated then as a medicine if everything's being done on the medical side versus like Colorado and Washington and, you know, eight other places right now around the country. If you're 21 years old, and a store is licensed to um, sell uh, recreational adult use cannabis, you could walk in and, and purchase the same products, basically. 
So that's that right. in the evolution. That being said, on the medical side, you know, there was there wasn't in California or, or in any other state until recently adult use marijuana that was legally sold, legally produced, legally manufactured into products, and that has been the change that has happened, you know, in multiple states. So you now don't need to go to a doctor to do this anymore. But there are differences, and I know you want to talk about, on the medical side, what are the differences between the products? Why does someone need to have a card? Why would they do that? And there's a variety of different reasons for that as we can get into it. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's um, really important. So what, what medical products are derived from cannabis? I mean, I think that's one of the big sticky points, the talking issues, um, you know, being plant medicine, there's different components of plants that are medicinal. Uh, I think that's, you know, kind of one of those things where I think about uh, pharmaceutical medications, which, of course, save lives every day, and I don't have anything against them. However, they usually have one mechanism of action. You know, it's like a COX-2 inhibitor will inhibit the COX-2 enzyme, hopefully relieve your pain. Here, take this. That's the approach. With plant medicines, they're they're often very diverse, and they have many different things going on with them. So uh, I know just with marijuana, we, we think about THC, that particular part of the plant, component of the plant, and then also the CBD. Can you speak to those uh, two different things and, and, and certainly what medicinal products then are derived from cannabis? Sure. Well, first of all, and like I said, I'm not a scientist or a doctor. I'm a lawyer and a business person in the space, but... You know, I, I have learned about it, and there are over 100 active ingredients, for lack of a better terminology when I call it ingredients, chemicals, properties, to the cannabis plant. And from the far extreme left, if you want to, you know, look at it as a form of a chart or a, a whiteboard, there's THC, which is the psychoactive um, chemical in the plant that we've all known and heard about for years that... Sure. smoke a joint and get them high. Um, to the other complete extreme, which is CBD, and that's a cannabinoid in the plant, and that's if you're seeing things with Sanjay Gupta on CNN and you know some of the programs that have been going on for kids with epilepsy, it is a non-psychoactive part of the plant, but it does wonders uh, for epileptic seizures and all other kinds of um, seizure disorders in not only children, but pretty much everyone. And then in between there, and I don't know all the C's, but there is another, you know, 70 or 80 CBN and CBAs and, and different types of uh, variations that some um, have different medicinal benefits depending on what your actual disease or your need is. So those are the two extremes. Yeah, the you're right. There's a lot of different... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying there, there, there's a lot of different ones and what's happening now, and we call them mixologists, a lot of them are biochemists, a lot of them are people that just are familiar, from, you know, from, you know, the holistic side of utilizing the plant, and different right. things are being used, different parts of the plant are being used for different things. Some people use the whole plant, and they, you know, we right. talk about the process of what they do with it, but basically they extract out different components and put them into products now right you're yeah, right there's a lot of different like you said there's cbd and different c's and it's true you know everybody has their own like we have an endocrine system we have our everybody has their own endocannabinoid system that i think we're starting to learn more and more and more about and people respond to different things differently and um i think that's the beauty of plant medicine where 
you know, depending on what you're looking for, what you're needing it for, anxiety, depression, pain, sleep, etc. There are different parts of the plant um, and different strains like anything else that are going to be more effective. And we're getting, I think, so... Um, you know, as you said, there's mixologists and, you know, different scientists that actually are kind of doing the research on all of this stuff. Um, and I, I think it's fairly fascinating. No, I think it's very fascinating. And, and the plant, I mean, depending on who you talk to, really has different properties that, you know, um, I don't have scientific data to back up what I'm about to say, but I've had numerous people over the years at the conventions that you mentioned earlier that we put on and clients and different people that we've just talked to, you know, um, doctors at UCLA, uh, for example, that use the plant, uh, not themselves, but prescribe it um, under the old recommendation rules, or at least know that, for example, you know, an oncologist that I've known for about 35 years has been telling his patients to use cannabis forever, not, not above board, he would just tell them privately because he didn't want to lose his license, but, you know, he was the head of oncology at University of San Francisco, uh, at University of California, San Francisco, and it wasn't even a close call. He said, Bob, he said, I couldn't legally do it until recently, and now he's retired anyway, but he would always tell people, if you're going through chemo and, and you can't eat and whatever, um, use cannabis. And there are now right. doctors at that university dealing with, you know, the, the kids with epilepsy and writing white papers and dealing with very big pharmaceutical companies that are sponsored by Air Aspirin, for example, and they are doing, dealing with CBD across the board and um, started with pilot programs and now with legalization in several states, expanded to the open market. Wow, this is fascinating. Listen, I want to, um, when we come back, I'm going to throw to our, our sponsors real quick. When we come back, I want to talk about um, these facilities that you have uh, brokered the deal on and what that means to the industry in whole. So, Bob, uh, thanks so yep. much, so much for all of this information. I mean, I think that um, there's still so much to talk about, and uh, yeah. this is just getting started. And it's it. not, yeah. yeah, of course. No, I think the, so, the conversations are just. There's so much information, yeah. Uh, you, you understand it, obviously, but you know the listeners. You know, most people think you buy marijuana at a store and it gets you stoned, and they don't know. They really don't know. So yeah, well, that's it. why we're here. We're here just to yeah. open up my, my, my uh, that's why mindful medicine is just like, let's just open up our minds just a little bit, see what we can do to help people out. Because, um, you know, some of the case studies that I've seen from a scientific perspective, from a clinical perspective, in the idea of first doing no harm, seriously, you know, and also symptom relieving, um, it's absolutely been amazing. So tell me about this, the, these um, facilities uh, up, up in Lancaster, well, just about an hour north here. Okay, so what we, um, what I have been doing, my background, besides being, you know, a real estate lawyer, I came out of the entertainment field in the 1980s. That was the first firm I worked for. But um, my family was in real estate. I've been in real estate since the mid 1980s as a developer throughout Southern California. And because of that, I've gotten to know a lot of the cities out in the Coachella Valley, like Desert Hot Springs, and helped them work on their ordinances. We worked with. San Diego and L.A. on their current ordinances. And because of that, um, we were approached by uh, Lancaster, which is in north Los Angeles County. And it really is one of the few cities at all in L.A. County that's even offering this, where they said to us, you know, can you help us craft an ordinance? We don't know that much about it. Um, so one of the attorneys from my firm worked very closely with the city attorneys from Lancaster 
and prepared an ordinance. And the ordinance went into effect um, March of 2017. And what it allowed for was on a very limited basis, because Lancaster is a very conservative community, um, but they realized that if they didn't regulate and uh, do an ordinance, that they were going to have all these cities and people and illegal stuff going on. So they, they did an ordinance that's very restrictive, and we went in um, after the ordinance was passed and bought two properties, two large properties. And one is, we call it the onion plant, which is um, an existing 54,000-square-foot building um, that has been fully leased to medical-only um, hmm. dispensary and cultivators and manufacturers for now. Um, and then on that property there, we have been approved to build another 150,000 square feet of um, labs for manufacturing, cultivation, um, and we're even going to do some mixed light, which will save energy. The second project is called Fox Field, called Selectivist Fox Field, is the name of the property, of the project. It's 32 acres, and it's been entitled for 570,000 square feet of the exact same use. And the reason we went to Lancaster is, you know, a lot of people were going out to Desert Hot Springs, including me, and Palm Springs, and even further east, going at the Needles and some of those areas. And what was what we found out, all of us found out, to our dislikening, is those cities didn't have infrastructure. They didn't have power. Some of them didn't have water. Some of them don't have sewers. Because they really were bedroom communities, not bedroom communities, but resort communities that never mm-hmm. planned on having industry. So we needed to find a place, and we started this a few years ago, for our clients at least, to have a safe, legal place to cultivate and then manufacture. So if they did have stores, which we represent a lot of the uh, legal dispensaries here in Los Angeles and San Diego, they'd have a legal place to cultivate it because before then, they did. It was very, very So limited. what would it be like? What would it be like to have somewhat of a field trip and inviting medical community um, folks to tour? I would invite you guys or, out. Um, the, the the big building that I just mentioned is under construction right now, so it doesn't look like much. And we're just breaking ground on the new construction. Um, so there's nothing right now that's earth-shattering to see. I represent people that if someone really wanted to see from the press or um, we've done this with all state government officials and city officials, and we even did it um, with um, some of the planning commissioners from Lancaster, where they'd never been in a cultivation site or a manufacturing site. And so we've arranged with some of our clients to have tours, and it's been very helpful to the state um, um, as far as getting their arms around what they're actually licensing, because it's hard to license something when you really don't know what, what it is on the inside that you're doing. I was going to ask, like, are are there some big misconceptions that still remain to this day, even though those these conversations are starting and we're getting deeper and deeper into them about medical marijuana? And will your facilities help in addressing those? Well, that that's the point. Our facilities are highly regulated. They're they're very being done very professionally, designed not by me or my normal architects, even though I have my regular architects and engineers. But we bought brought in. Uh, cannabis efficiency experts that not only maximize the yield they get, but to really, as importantly or more importantly, control the quality. Because the way that cannabis has been grown and distributed in California, going back to, you know, 
Haight-Ashbury days when the hippies moved up to uh, Mendocino and they created the Emerald Triangle, wasn't there, there was no real science behind it other than they'd get their strains or their seeds and they would do their best um, to grow the plants, but there were no limitations on the type of pesticides or um, mold or any kind of testing protocols. Now under the local laws and specifically under California laws, all of these products, in order to get into the food supply, as I say, it's not food chain, the cannabis supply chain, have to be tested. So what we've done is we've created these closed campus environments where people can't just wander into somebody's cultivation site and happen to have some kind of mite on them that's not intentional, but they, they were at another facility or they were in a hydro store and these things happen and then they go into a space and they contaminate it. And it's been a big problem in certain areas, um, not in Lancaster yet because it's so brand new, but in Monterey County, for example, you know, there's several million square feet of greenhouses, and a few of the first pioneers up there found to their disliking and uh, also to their pocketbook that they lost several crops because they weren't aware that fog rolled in in the morning and created extra moisture, and these were impure greenhouses which didn't have climate control, they weren't sealed, they didn't, you know, have walls put in, they were just big open greenhouses that we traditionally see and we drive around and you see food in them. Um, food is not the same, growing food is not the same as growing cannabis, let's put it that way, and right. the price of the crop or commodity, you know, it's not even close. So when you lose um, your cultivation or your harvest, you're losing, some of these people are losing several hundred thousand dollars or even a million dollars. So what we did is we created a campus environment. We hired all the experts to make sure that uh, everything would be minimized. There still could be issues, but they would be isolated instances. And now what happens is every plant is tagged. Um, the actual buildings and structures themselves are designed in a way where they have um, humidification or dehumidification controls in them so they don't have the problem I just mentioned. And anybody coming in or out goes through some kind of cleansing process, meaning they go through a downdraft thing where everything gets blown off you or some cultivators actually require people to take showers before they walk into their site to prevent losing a whole crop. Because this, this is now commercial cultivation and there's a lot of money and time invested in it and people cannot afford to lose a crop. So well, we've, that's the it's, we've taken it. Yeah, Bob, I mean, it sounds like you have set this up for success and are going to change the way that things are done and hopefully change some of the misconceptions about this medicinal plant that I think is so extremely important. So just to finish up and for our listeners, so you're talking about this cultivation, right? Um, let's just get into the marketing a little bit. How, what products can people find? What, what medicinal products are being derived from cannabis? Where are they accessible nationwide? Um, they, you know, there are different laws. So if a product has um, certain levels of THC in it, then by definition, they have to be grown and sold in the same state and transport across state lines. Um, that's why you've probably heard about and seen in Nevada and Colorado at the beginning, uh, there was not enough product. And we don't know yet in California because we're only to the, you know, first month after legalization, if there's going to be a shortage, if there's going to be too much, we just don't know yet. Um, but the kind of products that are coming out are 
you know, if you're growing a THC plant, then, um, you know, they're using that, you know, and it's been studied very heavily, and there are even certain uh, international patents surrounding it now out of Israel, where they know how to treat cancer patients with certain heavy doses of highly concentrated cannabis. There was a program out of uh, Colorado that started in Colorado years ago called Phoenix Tears, and they were putting cancer patients on very, very heavy doses of uh, THC concentrates, and it was very effective for people, at least helped them through chemo, and in some cases, and that's what I said earlier, um, I've had people tell me to my face they're alive today because they went through that program. Right. Uh, Nothing else was working, and it actually shrunk their tumors. So that's on the THC and the cancer side. Same thing for pain, that, you know, heavy doses of THC um, products are going to, for pain relief and that kind of stuff. Going to the other side is the CBD products. And people are producing industrial hemp in Kentucky and Colorado and other states legally under the U.S. Farm Bill. And under the Farm Bill, if you follow all the protocols, and I won't try to bore your listeners, but there's several things you have to do, you could then get your CBD-based products into regular commerce. And so people are using CBD from everything for energy, you know, almost like vitamins in certain ways, supplements, to the kids that you have seen on, you know, on uh, whatever show Sanjay Gupta has on CNBC where um, they've gone from having, you know, hundreds of seizures a day down to maybe a couple or none. And that's how diverse the range of products are. And there are companies, cosmetic companies jumping in that are doing topicals. They're, uh, you know, I don't know if you've read about Whoopi Goldberg's product, but it um, is specifically designed for women for menstrual cramps. Mm-hmm. So there are everything you could possibly think of. And then, you know, the delivery systems are from pills to, if you're familiar with vape pens, which are e-cigarettes. Yep, to oils, um, to topicals, as you said. All, yeah. all, that, all yeah. of that is now into commercialized products. And they're all going through quality control. And the people that I think that are really smart, even though the FDA is not involved with this industry yet, are stepping up the FDA-type standards and really creating high-quality products that are tested. And they know exactly what the ingredients are, and, and, and that's what it's evolved to right now. But there's also the mom-and-pop operations that, you know, I give a lot of credence to because they've been doing it, some of them, for 50 years. And they've been doing it, you know, anecdotally because they haven't been able to do medical you know case studies um, in the United States but they've been treating people the same way that I just said that the uh, commercial guys are doing it now for, for 50 years some of them that I know so well, well Bob thank you yeah I mean you're this is great I, I mean I think if I had to do like um, a quick segment or you know if I was the female Sanjay Gupta I think my segment would be called from getting high to getting help because I think that's what we're trying to understand let our listeners understand it's like yes this was definitely once used in the 60s and it's got a stigma about getting high and that it's a drug and it could be dangerous and a gateway to many many other awful things but my gosh if you get into the research and you understand plant medicine um, and then you can cultivate in a way that you're doing it which is sustainable and clean 
and um, you know you're you're manufacturing incredibly medicinal plants, we can actually start helping people and keep helping people, and people can get help across the board. So I really appreciate your time. I appreciate your expertise and everything that you and your wife do in the industry, and we'll keep talking about this so people can understand the difference and they can use their own mind to make those choices. Now, is there any um, website or anything that you can share to my listeners and just wrapping up here um, on where they can go to understand more about this really hot topic? Um, well, our websites are specific to our, our real estate projects at Lancaster. Um, the, the One of the projects, we actually bought an old onion plant and converted it, and that's the one I mentioned first. And that we have a website on that called onionplantlancaster.com. Uh, Our second project, which is the bigger project, is called Selectabist, like the word select, and the last words of cannabis, A-B-I-S, so selectabist.com. Um, and those have information about the products, uh, projects and why we're doing them and the story behind it. And so it, it, they can refer to other places. But there, there are numerous articles. If you, if you Google medical cannabis, um, you know, Mayo Clinic is talking about it. I mean, there, there yes. are very, very high-level groups talking about it now that never did before. And they actually talk about what they see as the use of the product, what types of things it treats, and they're getting very specific now. But, you know, that, that's just one source. There are numerous ones. But UCLA Medical, you know, and I don't know if they have their website up yet, um, has been studying it very closely and is working with children with epilepsy in their pediatric endocrinology unit. I can't even pronounce the word. Um, That's okay, yeah. So, there, are, there are some yeah, incredible but, institutions yeah. that are, are are studying this, and I really appreciate it. We're out of time here, Bob, but thank you so much okay. for your work. You're and, welcome. folks, once again, Anytime. we're talking about medicinal marijuana. It is all about uh, going from getting high to getting help. Just open in our minds just a little bit. All right, mindful listeners, thanks so much for spending time uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave you one more thing. Keep, keep in mind, it's a wellness product. That's the key. All right, there you go. Thanks so much. Okay.